Welcome everybody to your favorite show on the internet if you listen to it, or the one you skip every single week it comes up. It's M-Class Email. I'd like to welcome everybody who skips this program. <laughs> welcome everybody to not listening. Yeah, you're gonna miss some hot fucking goss. We're gonna tell all that needs to be told about the shit you need to know about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> Dude, what in the fuck is going on? That's a good that? question. <laughs> like, I I don't give a fuck. I don't care, man. It's Whatever. impossible to escape, dude. There's it's nowhere so to go. Fucking, it's so stupid. Dude, I saw her, like, using a tissue, and people are like, she's fucking putting cocaine in her nose. It's like, no, she's picking her nose, dude, and she's, she knows there's cameras around. She's definitely not putting cocaine in her nose at her trial. No yeah, one is that stupid. Yeah, it, Dude, she just has a book. Let let the woman have a fucking bunker, for Christ's sake. I mean, like, I'm not out here saying she's not a monster. <laughs> no, but... Yeah. Uh, I dropped a thumbtack, which is really worrying me. <laughs> Wait, what? I dropped a thumbtack, which is really worrying me. Yo, so one time, <laughs> I leaned against a cork board with a bunch of tacks in it, and I got a thumbtack in my butt. <laughs> That's scary. And I was like, ah! <laughs> That's scary, and I don't like it. Yeah. And then my butt fell off, because I got butt-itis from it. Okay. I'll believe that for one minute. <laughs> this is like, I'd buy that for a dollar, but on our show. <laughs> I'd believe that for one minute. I'd Look, believe that I'm, for one minute. Fill for me for a second with your funniness. Are you I, trying to find this fucking I need thumbtack, to find huh? this thumbtack so I don't step on it. I'm Are you wearing barefoot. shoes? No, I'm barefoot. Oh, there's your fucking problem, man. <laughs> Look, don't get excited. You don't get to see the feet. Well, did, <laughs> did you... What color is the thumbtack? Just, like, clear? Because that's a problem. Yeah, that is the problem. <laughs> it's not red or blue or... Uh, Why do you record this show in your conspiracy theory room with all your okay, fucking strings? Okay, I found the fucking thumbtack. Oh, my God. It was a crisis fucking averted right Th there. You could have just read the first email, which is your job. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about this thumbtack. Look, thumbtack crisis averted. All right, we'll start it was with in our my first... fucking chair, man. That's where my balls oh, live. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I thought I fell on the floor. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a different story. All right, first email is <laughs> <laughs> from Mobo Forbo. Morbo Forbo. Morbo Forbo. What about Morbo Threebo? Do I have to have read his email? Uh, anyway. Wow, uh, that might be the worst joke we've ever had on this show. <laughs> hey, they can't all be good. They can't all not be stinkers. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. It's been more than a year since my last email, and for good reason. You better have a, a good fucking reason. I'm a fighter jet engine mechanic in the military, and it's pretty fucking buns. I think that means bad. Okay, well... That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> Do you work on F-35 engines? I just saw one today. They're fucking huge, man. Probably. That's cool, though. Uh, for the entirety of last year, I worked 12-hour shifts and a lot of weekends. Uh, now we're back down to 10s, thankfully. That's fucking fucked up. 10 man. hours? 12 is too many. 10 is too many. 10 is how long I sleep. I guess it matters, though, if it's, like, fighter jets, because they have to work right. Yeah, right? I feel like if anything needs to work correctly. Those should, yeah. This isn't Russia, after all. <laughs> Get fucked, Russia. <laughs> all that shit, Putin. Stupid. Your all name means all. poop. 
<laughs> it means farting. Yeah, it does. All in all, the military is dishearteningly far behind the societal curve when it comes to diversity and inclusion. No, I true, don't believe it. True, I'll believe that forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, being a non-binary pansexual in an open relationship doesn't really mesh. All this to say, I really, really appreciate y'all and the whole community. That's very nice. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. We we engender a positive community for everybody, and if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah, I hope I hope that that's that. This makes me feel good because we do make a lot of jokes about being spacist, but like we're not really. No, like maybe not spacist, really. but not like no, yeah, real space, world right. racist not, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I don't have time to hang out anymore, I love that the Discord is always there, dinging away with more inside jokes than a couple of tapeworms. <laughs> I bet that's an inside joke. <laughs> Probably. Uh, listening to the show helps me a lot and reminds me that good people exist. Y'all rock in a major way, and I appreciate the lot of you. Now I've got to go work another week slash weekend of 12. No! Yours tiredly, Morbo Forbo on the USS Never Gonna Break My Stride. Great song. Never gonna break my stride. Nobody oh, no. I got to keep on fly checking. That's what I they would say. I got to keep on pooting. No! No, no, that's wrong. <laughs> got to keep on farting. That's better. That's better. Yeah, no, I, that's a great email. Thank you. That makes that, me feel better. It does better. make me feel good. I appreciate that. I've been kind of down this week, so I don't know, man. Hopefully there's no mean emails. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the straw that breaks the Josh's back. No. Like, we... That's, like, really what I want out of this podcast is, like, for, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, be, like, a good person. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, or just, tr- like, try to be a good try person. Try is a good way to put that's, it. That's all you gotta do is try, like, a little bit at a time. It might not be easy at first, and believe me... I know if you have depression and stuff, it's hard because shit makes you bad. Like, that shit makes your brain bad. You got a bad brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know because I will always, that's how it is, right? But if you try a little bit, it can matter in the long run, hopefully. Absolutely. I mean, like, I'm always proud of our Discord because it's incredibly inclusive. There was one dude in the Discord who was like, He's probably listening right now. I think I've got these even emailed in not that long ago. Yeah. But there was a dude who literally got ran out of the Discord because he was not being inclusive. So he got ran. That's ironic. I think that's happened to. I think that's happened to several people at this point where they just like start being like racist or. Yeah, you can't do that. It's not funny. They start loving. They start posting some copaganda. Oh, copaganda! Yeah. Nah. Yeah. like yeah don't do that there are only there are only two rules in our fandom which is be loving tolerant and inclusive of everyone and, and party on dude and fuck all cops <laughs> <laughs> fuck cops unless you're a listener of this podcast and you're a cop then uh fuck you you're um, probably uh <laughs> yeah not, I don't know what to say. You're you might be missing the point. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're not changing it from the inside, dog. Dude, That's another sure. weekend of twelves. I am yeah. so sorry, Morbo Forbo. I mean, it is cool that you get to work on like cool jet engines, That's but I'm true. sure that that like 
wears off after like two days. I'm glad that nothing's gonna break your stride. Oh no. Got to keep on moving. <laughs> that was a really sweet email and I appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Our next email is from Yakub. Actually, it's not. It's from Terry Novak. It says it right in the name. Oh, well, there you go. Terry Novak is my name. That's the, that's the subject. <laughs> Famously for April Fool's 2018, M-Class Podcast has ridiculed the episode Terra Nova. It has been described as boring and slow-paced, even by the show's creator, Brandon Braga. Oh, his opinion really matters. <laughs> I agree it is boring for an Enterprise episode. I think it belongs in TOS. The pacing, there and back of characters moving between locations, and the humans but different adversary are staples straight from the 60s track. Grading it on a TOS curve would score it very close to the median. That is all. Yours, Terry Novak. I don't know if I can trust someone whose name is so similar. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I agree. Yeah, I I'm still gonna think it to, would be a bad episode. I'm going to have to disagree with that. Like, there, they, there is a TOS curve, but, like, yeah. I don't think Terra Nova would be in the median of that curve. No, I it mean, would not be in the middle. TOS has some of, like... The, they're nowhere near as numerous, but TOS has some of the best episodes in the series as well, like Balance of Terror or City yeah. on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. I was just thinking about that one the other day. Like, those episodes are some of the best episodes of Trek because they, like, ask questions of, like, someone's humanity or they find, like, a common ground and a respect and an understanding between enemies. Yeah. Terry, you do make a good point, though. The episode is to harken back to that time to explain why some of these, pl like, Italian planet exists, right? <laughs> like, right? Yeah. It's, it's supposed to, to, like, be reminiscent of that. I, I don't know. I think the episode's just, just straight bad, no matter where you put it. Good thing we did the whole podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know our opinions about it, you can find that episode on uh, anywhere you can find our podcast. Creepy yeah, Russian it bot site. It's there. <laughs> no, is it still? Do they have internet over there still? Uh, weird duplication of SoundCloud that has an F. In SoundCloud.f.org.net. <laughs> it's on there. That's not a virus. No. That's, that's a real... Holy shit, we're finally revving that? this podcast up. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Fucking Tokyo Drift, baby. Um, now, if I was... Even on the TOS curve, I think um, Terra Nova would still be like a three. It, yeah, uh, yeah. Like a two or a three. It's just... It's not an enjoyable episode. And there, are, th there are things about TOS that, like, even in an episode that... Like, the TOS curve exists because... TOS has a charm to it. Like a silly charm. Yeah. That like, oh, they didn't know this was gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> um, that by the time of Enterprise we were well past. So yeah. maybe that would play a part, but again, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to know, right? Is this your second in a row Terra Nova email, by the way? <laughs> Somebody's a little obsessed. I uh, I can't blame you if you're a fan of it, and we obviously are not, so I apologize. 
<laughs> What's that next email, George? I don't know. What is this email? It's <laughs> it's from Ensign Sully, but it's like three emails, and one of them is copied. That's. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's the first one. the s- The second one is like an explanation of the first one. The first one at the top, or the first one at the bottom. The first one that starts, "Hey there, Trek boys." Uh oh, hey there, Trek boys. Trek boys. Trek boys. Uh, I just completed rehab for my cordrazine addiction, so this email will be much more normal with at least sixty nine percent less, and then it cuts out. Less morbid stuff. Oh, there it is. I found it. I clicked it. It was weird. Less morbid stuff. I th- I think. Well, congratulations on your uh, completion of your th- rehab. Um, were you the cannibal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that explains some of it. I guess. I don't know. Does that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just glad that you're not. Uh, uh, I think this is. A, I think this is a joke. I'm I'm taking it as serious. You probably should. Well, actually, Cordrazine is, is fake. It's only in Star Trek. No, Cordrazine's real. I took it last night. I'm it's addicted a, to it. It's a chemical stimulant used for emergency medical treatment in Star yeah. Trek only. He, he's addicted to it. Let him be addicted to it. Look, I'm addicted to love. I'm addicted to all, love in all the wrong places. I might as well face it. I'm addicted to love. Wow, great song. Uh... Where are we at? I am only now getting through Enterprise, and I really like the idea of it. It definitely has its flaws, but it gives me nostalgia for early 2000s TV, even though that era was pretty awful in every way. I remember (laughs) there being some buildings. (laughs) Wait, what? Are you talking about 9-11? I don't remember what day it was, but... uh... Dude, that cordrazine is really fucking your brain up, man. The cordrazine's really going to my motor neural. <laughs> I also love the 2000s uh, monitors and cameras being used. Uh, it still was my high school years. Me too. Uh, and it still has enough of that 90s Rick Berman touch you <laughs> to feel like Star Trek. <laughs> True. It does. Uh, I like that the Vulcans are slightly nefarious, but also that the humans are kind of stupid at the beginning, so it's kind of understandable. Still, not cool how they gaslit those Andorians over that satellite in their holy site. Fackin' pink faces, am I right? Whoa! Whoa, getting real spacist in this email. Also, <laughs> like, yeah, that was... This, it wasn't there. That satellite wasn't there. Don't worry about it. Damn. <laughs> Jeff is full-blown fucking on the Vulcan payroll. It's true. I'm, the Vulcans are paying me in lessons soup. about... <laughs> and plumic soup. Plumic soup. I love dishwater. <laughs> uh, weird that Florida man survives into the 2100s. I mean... They're like cockroaches, so yeah, it's not Oh, no. Real racist? I don't know. No. Fuck, dude, fuck Florida. That's placist. You know what? I'm glad the fucking reptiles shot that beam at at Florida. Fuck Florida. If I didn't know you were a Star Trek fan, that would have been the most insane shit anyone's ever said to me. (laughs) It's real to me, Jeff. Uh, When the reptilians fired their space beam and destroyed Florida. That's like some Q shit right there. And they replaced Florida with a hologram. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it does. Uh, man, does, is Q getting their references from this terrible 2000 show? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I will say it probably. Wait, uh, it's. Uh, sorry, Weird the Florida Man survives into the 2100s and sounds nothing like real, real Floridians. It was hilarious when he got high on bath salts and pulled a gun on to fall. Or is or was it pollen? What? I don't is that remember. a real Florida Man thing? I don't remember him getting high on bath salts and pulling. I mean, that's a, a Florida thing, ball. right? Bath you salts think- are definitely a Florida thing. You think that even today's humans would send a pro before? Gallivanting on a strange planet as to Paul. Oh, when they go to the the Archer Four. Oh what yeah, it's called yeah, later. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they get all dusted. Uh, she she's so wise. I'd like to touch tips with her fingertips. Get your mind out of the gutters. Finger. What other tips? <laughs> Nips? He likes to feel the nu- the nubbies on his tippies, man. <laughs> oh no, he loves that nubbies on his tippies. I'd love to touch nips. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a false hot. Anyway, uh, anyway, <laughs> that's, that's all I got on Enterprise. I will say that it probably was the moment where Trek looked backward rather than forward. Everything since has relied uh, heavily on references. I agree with that. Here, Our society has become very reliant on nostalgia, and I'm waiting for that uh, metamorphical neutron star to collapse. Metaphorical. Oh, that, sorry, metaphorical. That makes more sense. I feel like we live in a Twilight Zone where a child wishes for all his childhood shows to last forever. Uh, then he gets it, but it never ends, and he never grows up. <laughs> you're explaining millennial... Well, you're explaining, like, society selling millennials shit, right? It's true. It's, like, that does get blamed on millennials, but we didn't decide this shit. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, it, yeah, it... I, I guess we, we vote with our dollar, but also, oh, yeah. like, like I, I don't know. I don't make Star I would have made Star Wars different. I would have made it way better. <laughs> Fuck that shit. You're like a Benzite up here. <laughs> I would have yeah. made Star Wars better. I wouldn't have come up with a right solution now. before I showed it to you. <laughs> Which I'm is what happened hard. with the sequels. They didn't do that. So. No, they didn't. Uh... <laughs> The sequel. Uh, where are we? Grow it up. Uh, the more sequels and revivals I see, more I can't feel excited. Futurama, for example, had five or six great endings, and I'm not excited in any way for it to come back. It just won't be the same. I agree with that. Uh, I, think, I love Futurama, but yeah, I I also love Futurama, but I do think nostalgia is um, nostalgia is very much like any drug. Yeah, in that. Um, well, any drug that isn't like bath salts, I guess, or like that level, like as long as you're taking a small amount of it and enjoying it recreationally, you should be fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you just start baselining that shit into your veins, you're going to destroy yourself and your society. Well, it's it's nostalgia mixed with capitalism, right? Oh like, yeah. Well, there always has to be a dollar amount attached to everything. So Futurama has to come out with a, another reboot or whatever because uh, everyone else is coming out with a reboot. So we gotta make our money, right? It's Here, all it's all the same shit. Sometimes I think like that I'm so sick of reboots and rehashes and like bringing back old stuff that like I can't stand it and I'll never do another one. But then something comes out that, like, fucking hooks me anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, there was an arcade game in 1993 called Ninja Baseball Batman. 
Sounds normal. It, it was an arcade beat 'em up where these little like um, cute kind of robot looking guys, ninja guys, played baseball and like uh, all their powers were baseball based, and you fought like <laughs> other baseball teams and shit. <laughs> yeah, it was sense. really fun and cute, and. The other day, a Kickstarter for a Ninja Baseball Batman comic book series. Oh my god! Got put up, and I was like, "How did you even get the rights to this?" <laughs> but that's but that's like slightly better than. Well, like, yeah, I mean, a, it's like, not like a giant corporation is just bringing yeah. back their zombie ass IPs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what he says. Then he says, uh, uh, "Speaking of zombie nostalgia." <laughs> <laughs> wow! Have you seen Picard season two yet? No. Uh, Patrick Stewart isn't a zombie yet. <laughs> Give him some, cut him some slack. Man. Although te- Picard is technically, he's like a robot zombie. Yeah, he's a zombie now, huh? That's cool. He's an android. Wow, amazing! Uh, it started at a decent place, but suffers from many of the same issues as season one. The pacing is atrocious, and you can skip the entire middle of the season without missing much. Uh, there are side quests and character acting, and characters acting angry for no reason other than the script tells them to. I try to empathize with the writers, and I think that many of them either know how to write 22 episodes, seasons, or movies, but 10 episodes is that weird in-between stage where they can't do too much. Uh, thank you, Truck, for driving by. But it's also too much time to stretch out a single plot. So they had to add a bunch of pointless stuff for characters to do. Uh, there are like two characters get kidnapped by the government plots in this season. <laughs> and they ultimately do little for the plot. I'm getting flashbacks of the Hobbit trilogy where a basic and decent plot idea gets stretched thin. Stretched like... <laughs> fluff a nut a script of a too much press. Jeez. I think... Yeah. I haven't watched the second season of Picard, but man, does that not describe the first season of Picard to a T. It's also like the Marvel Netflix shows. It, it Like, there was just too many, like, one too many episodes of, like, season two of Jessica Jones, right? Like, Well, that was definitely the problem with Daredevil after the first season. The first yeah. season of Daredevil is pretty tight. There, yeah. there are, like, a, maybe a couple episodes that you could drop, but, like... Every season of Daredevil after that is so full of superfluous bullshit that adds right. nothing. Well, that's why, like, Boba Fett is, like, six episodes. It's yeah. just, like, get in, get out, right? Like and two of those six episodes a, aren't a six even about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of them is just, like, a uh, hot rod show. <laughs> One of them is The Mandalorian Season 1.5. Yeah, which is fine, man. It's fine with me. The, um... Uh, the like arbitrary like this show has this many episodes and that's how many we're gonna do is destructive as fuck like it's stupid what you should do is write out your episodes to whatever time that the episode has to end mm-hmm. and then do as many episodes as you need to finish the story well, that's the, kind of what's good about Star Wars, and at least like Disney, like letting them do that, right? Like, I'm not sticking up for Disney or whatever, but how dare you? <laughs> I mean, at least you know, Favreau and Filoni are just like, we're done. This is the show. It's coming out. It's this long, right? Like, I don't know. 
I don't. I, I will not watch Picard. I won't do it. I can't. I think I, I learned I my lesson from the first season. I'm. I've never been more glad I haven't watched something. Honestly, I can't I, I, believe he's in it. There's a. I will say that watching Picard, there is a gigantic disconnect between Picard and TNG for me. Yeah. Like whenever I'm watching TNG, I never think about Picard. That's not how that character ends up in my brain. He ends. No, up, it is. Of course, it isn't. And like, I think it's helped by the fact that like. If I had to say what character that um, Patrick Stewart is playing in Picard, he's he's playing Charles Xavier. Yeah, he's yeah. And yeah. it just he's playing some weird old man that smiles and nods whenever people talk and doesn't listen. Really, is what he's playing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think watching it has depreciated my ability to enjoy anything else. Uh, I'm not that type of a fan of anything. Yeah, um, he talks about some of this plot stuff. I'm not going to read that, though. Cause yeah, there's a, this is a very, very long email. Yeah, also, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, uh, let's... Uh, where should I start? Uh, we talked about Robert April. Right? Yeah, we could get to at least New Trek. Yeah. At yeah. least New Trek gets to rile up the right-wing dingbats. <laughs> Did any of them remember Robert April or anything from TAS? No. Uh, no, of course not. Gene himself said it wasn't canon. Okay. New Trek is the po- the polar opposite of woke. It's regressive in so many ways. They LGBT, the, the LGBT characters get a token reference, then either uh, break up or something, or someone dies. Yeah, that's how it was in Discovery, right? With, like... Anthony Rapp and and uh, yeah the the medical guy like well I'm not trying to spoil anything but like he's he's alive yeah but like they just broke up for no reason yeah because they didn't want to make people feel icky about the gay guys right like it's fine if there's a gay guy in something for Middle America at this point but they have to never right. find love or happiness or kiss another man yep. That would be too much for Which grandma. Is fucking atrocious and not helpful to anybody. Yeah, it's stupid. Everyone is miserable, swearing and drinking all the time, and it feels too close to today rather than being off, far off future. Strange New Worlds is okay so far, at least, but I have a bad feeling they're setting something up with Pon Far. It's roughly seven years before TOS. Uh, they're also doing the stupid Star Wars thing where relatives of characters we know just so happened to be on the Enterprise. That does happen. Uh, how did they forget to add Dax onto the ship? Remember him, her, them? <laughs> I might be okay with Giant Spock episode, though, if they want to incorporate some TAS stuff. <laughs> I think they already did that in, uh, in Lower Decks, right? Lower Decks is always hitting these fucking like, niche-ass jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's about it for now. Thank you for reading, and please feel free to cut the email into Rhode Island-sized chunks if it's too long. Is that a Boston thing? Rhode Island is not in Boston, no. No, no, but do they... It's a really small state. (laughs) It's not even an island. No, that is a good point. I've always wondered about that. (laughs) Yeah, what's up with that? Fuck that place. Uh, Ensign Sully, chief depressed sports fan, USS John Larroquette. How interesting. I thought the Celtics were in the thing. They're in the thing. I thought they were. T- 
Um, for people who don't keep up with Star Trek news, which I could only imagine is a very small percentage of our listenership, really. Yeah. Um, there was an actor hired on to be Robert a- to be Admiral Robert April on yeah. uh, Strange New Worlds. Robert April is listed uh, by name only in TOS as being mm-hmm. the previous captain of the ship before um, Pike. He was the f- the first captain we know of of the Enterprise besides like Archer. Yeah, the, way of before the- him. Yeah. There's like Archer, then a giant gap, then Robert April, then Pike, then Kirk. Right. And uh, Robert April appeared in TAS once, which is not canon and shouldn't be canon if you've watched right. it. And he, he was just an old white guy. And yeah. the actor that they've brought on for Strange New Worlds is black, so the internet shit its pants and cried. I can't even believe that this is a thing we have to deal with. I, I, I honestly, it's embarrassing. The sanctity like, of the character of Robert April? <laughs> Dude, I watched that episode, and he shows up, and he was great. I was like, oh, this guy's fu- totally fucking fine. Like, like, are you fucking me? Robert yeah. April is who you are so worried that they're, like, destroying the character. You're not really. You're just a racist. You're just a bigot. Yeah. You're That's just what a it is. Bigoted piece of shit, and that you're just using this Robert April shit as Man. a platform for your hatred and bullshit. Do you know what would make people's lives like so much better? Not giving a fuck about a black dude playing an admiral. <laughs> like, I mean, who cares? Like, there are plenty of black admirals in Star Trek. Yeah, like the the one Admiral who, Cartwright, the dude who goes to the fucking um, Picard's trial. In Measure yeah. of a Man is the gassiest looking admiral in history. He really looks like he needs a Tums really, really badly. <laughs> he needs a Beano. But uh he's a black guy. They're they're not they're it's this whole like fucking like not to touch on like some real fucking sensitive modern information, but it's yeah. this whole fucking replacement theory that bigots oh, have fuck that shit man like they're replacing us on tv like they're replacing us in fucking the world or whatever but like they just brought on an actor who was good for the role it doesn't matter what his fucking skin color is not only that it, it you're i, I don't I, <laughs> I don't understand like they're replacing you? You still are here. Like, I, I don't... It's the same as it ever was. Like, you still have to live in a society with people who are different from you. Nothing has ever changed. And if that's the real problem, is they don't want to do that. No, and they don't want to share... So go fucking live in the fucking woods, man. I don't fucking know what to tell you, right? Like They, I, they I don't, don't want to share their, their country, their state, their city, their town, their neighborhood with anyone who's any different than them. I... <laughs> And news fucking flash, like, regardless of whether, like, the difference between someone who gets mad about Robert April being a black guy and me is yeah. worlds fucking apart already. And I, pro- I could live next door to you because of my skin color, but right. I'm already a world different than you right. as a person. So, it, it, dude, that's a, such a good point. It's, like, yeah. fucking get over it. Deal with it. Fucking deal with it or or don't and just go somewhere. I don't know. Just fucking, fucking die off. That'd be fine. That'd be fucking fine. 
If replacement theory turns out to be real good. <laughs> I agree, man. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Well, I don't fucking want to live around these fucking people. Yeah. Fuck that shit. I hope I hope your theory's right. You yeah, dumb I hope you're fuckers. right. Seriously. It's complete <laughs> fucking horse shit, but yeah. Anyway, hopefully uh. the Celtics get in the thing. Next email. <laughs> Well, thank you for that email, Sully. It was quite long, but it was fun. <laughs> um, our next email is uh, from Lieutenant Herdman. Yeah, Lieutenant Herdman. It's entitled "Totally Real Tiny Email," and it's oh hell yeah, it's, it's totally it's real. A little tiny. sizable, but it's mostly <laughs> just because there's a lot of spacing. Look at this fucking Photoshop we got at the I'm end. I'm really here. loving that. <laughs> It took probably hours. Um, totally real tiny email. From Lieutenant Herm- uh, Herdman, ship name withheld to keep this email short. Er. <laughs> Seems like the same amount of space, but all right. Um, <laughs> hey, Trek guys. That's not our thing. No. <laughs> I got two peyotes for you this time. That's sick. Peyote one. The year is 2004. I hate it already. The writer responsible for TNG Season 1's episode Code of Honor and Stargate SG-1 Season 1 Mongol Kidnapping Woman episode is called up out of involuntary retirement. (laughs) She writes a Season 1 episode for Battlestar Galactica where the Cylon King kidnaps Starbuck. His name... Fister Roboto. (laughs) Jeff, this all actually happens in Battlestar. Yes, I I mean they stole Fister Roboto from Archer. <laughs> I believe it for one for minute. For one minute. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of do that in Battlestar, but not really, but sort of. But not, it's much more uh, psychological than that. Is it the same writer? No, 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 no. And it's it's he's making a joke, but they do kind of have an episode where she gets like, uh, kind of like put under like a kidnapping house arrest type thing, and they gaslight her into thinking she has a kid and shit. Oh no! It's like uh, it's like a, they're torturing her is what they're doing. So, well, congratulations to that biddy that wrote them episodes. I guess. <laughs> Peyote too. She like kisses him and like rips his face off and kills him like she bites him to death because she's fucking awesome that sounds right up your alley <laughs> yeah that's what i want her to do to me but i don't want to kidnap her though i just want yeah, her to do you that. just want her to bite your face off and kill you that'd be a good way to go uh <laughs> whenever i see a post like that when somebody's like oh i want her to crush my head with her thighs i want her to yeah. fucking rip my arms off and beat me to death really i would like to have sexual relations personally that's well, just me <laughs> I mean, I think that, yes, would be better. <laughs> but, you know, you take what you can get. But you t- <laughs> I'm not picky, Jeff. Peyote, too. We're back in the year 1997, and a CBS executive has suddenly developed a soul. This is... I'm going to have to ditch this for being unrealistic. This is complete science fiction right here. He has instructed his lawyer to donate his personal fortune to Season 6, Episode 7 of Deep Space Nine. He clutches the TNG cast's non-compete contracts and base jumps from his office window. (laughs) Damn. The next morning, Patrick, LeVar, Marina, the whole crew show up for filming on the Deep Space Nine set. 
Avery and Patrick talk about the acting for five hours straight at the crafty table. Oh, sweet. Gates McFadden is slightly annoyed, trying to squeeze by the two to grab an herbal tea. Oh, it's that fucking passion fruit tea? Fuck that shit. Wow. It said herbal, but all right. (laughs) Uh, Scene. Quark watches in horror as Data wins big at the Dabo table. Quark presses his hidden cheating button behind the bar. Nice. (laughs) Sensing the shifting odds, Data grabs a helpful armful of latinum and carries it to the bar to buy drinks for his friends. Worf, Jadzia, O'Brien, Bashir, Jordy, Riker, and Martok are gathered at the bar having a great time together. A crowd of onlookers is gathered. Worf's old friends tell Jadzia about all the good times. The TNG, the TNG crew tactfully leave out all the tables and walls Worf got thrown through. And that time he got grown a new spine and wanted to die. Yeah, that time Donkey Kong barreled you to death. Later that evening, Data strolls over to the Bajoran Temple and inquires with his childlike superintelligence about the wormhole aliens. Are they deities or simply a life form like Nagilam? What's the difference? <laughs> exactly. The Bajoran monk is offended, but starts to question the foundations of his face. Oh, shit. Done. Fucking butterfly effect over here. The opening credits begin. The Enterprise is parked at one of DS9's upper pylons. Oh, that's cute. That's cool. Uh, in in the credits and then serial commercials. What? That was a fast episode. <laughs> I thought so too, but it means end opening credits. Oh, oh, right, right. Kai Wen is back to her usual antics, and her horrid face is particularly large on the ops view screen today. Damn. She has a complaint about Cisco that she's taking directly to the Federation Council. Nacheyev. Fire truck. <laughs> oh no! I said Nacheyev, and that started. <laughs> <laughs> the Nacheyev alarm went off. She's here. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. This is on the Nacheyev. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, Nacheyev contacts Picard. Jean-Luc assesses the situation and sees that Cisco has truly grown into his role as captain. Cisco and Picard team up and put the smack down on Kai Wen. Like, oh, literally? Man. That's fucking... That's, like, overkill, dude. <laughs> fucking Picard does the rock bottom on Kai Wen <laughs> for the finishing move. Fuck yeah. Fast forward, Data and Jordy hang upside down at Worf's bachelor party. Hot, starving, and exhausted. <laughs> Jordy mutters, kill Worf, with O'Brien and Bashir. Data is alarmed and perplexed. <laughs> Next, in Jed Zia's quarters, a literal fire hazard by any other century's standards unfolds as that shirtless Polynesian dude swings flame sticks around in a 12 by 12 foot room <laughs> filled with hundreds of people. Nog does his jump around dance in the foreground while Troy and Riker look on smiling and laughing before sharing a romantic gaze for the first time in a long time. Oh man, they're always doing that though. They're always making it's eyes. true. It's true. They're always brain-fucking. Yeah. Worf and Jadzia get married. Sick Klingon drums are playing. Two hearts become one. Two shows become one. Everyone claps and cheers. Oh, that's kind of... That's really nice. The next day, Picard wears an old-timey safari outfit, and Sisko wears a sweet Afro-influenced vest. They go (laughs) together on an archaeological expedition in Bajor's Kendra province. Marking the beginnings of a true friendship. Aww. The episode is so good that Ronald D. Moore literally dies from bliss, causing Peyote 1 to happen next. Crewman Daniels is now on the case to restore the timeline. <laughs> oh, Daniels. The end. Or pitch or it. Pitch it? 
So fucking good, dude. And that is an image at the end of it that has yeah. is marked out in red MS paint and pitch <laughs> yeah. drawn in. Oh, I'm man. I'm going to pitch that real hard. That one was good, yeah. That one, I like that. That would have been nice. I love that very much. Uh, <laughs> I was hearing some, some journey in the middle of that. Don't stop believing. No, it's what do you? Two hearts become one. Two shows become one. Oh it's yeah. Like, two hearts born to rest. Oh fucking journey. Oh. be the lonely one. You think they play journey in twenty three sixty nine? Oh, did you hear that thunder? Damn, dog. Oh fuck yeah, it's getting wild. I might lose power soon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said anything about uh, Necheyev. Yeah, dude, you mentioned the witch's name, so... Oh, Bichayev. Bichayev. I actually like Bichayev. I don't know when that started. <laughs> she probably is, like, a fine admiral, but yeah, she she's, doesn't She's mean as shit to Picard, though. Yeah, she is. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pitch the second one. I'm going to... ditch the first one, even though it really mm. happened, apparently. Yeah, it's, I mean, it happens, but sort of not like that. Well, I don't believe it anymore. It's been way longer than a minute. <laughs> you believed it for one minute, and it's been more than a minute. Uh, thanks for that email. I appreciate the hell out of that, Lieutenant Herdman. Dude, my town right now is on fucking fire. Dude, what the fuck is happening out there? This is ins- Dude, it's fucking Friday, dude. It's... It, I don't know. It's Friday, Friday. That's an ambulance. Somebody's hurt. Oh, no. Nicheyev, what have you done? Nicheyev, you bitch. All right, next email. Let's do this before my power goes out. Yeah, it's your turn, too. So it'll Brand be... new Trekkie. All thanks to you two. Hey, woo, sweet. Oh, uh, hell yeah. From Julian. Bashir? Bashir? <laughs> hell yeah. You didn't like your own show? <laughs> Damn. You never watched it? I don't know. Uh, dear Jeff and Josh, first time emailer, long time Josh enthusiast, recently minted Trekkie, brand spanking new Patreoner. Woo! I've been a long-time Josh enthusiast as well. Thanks, guys. I love that guy. I haven't. <laughs> Somebody's got her, right? I. That's what they say, but I don't know. Do you? I appreciate it. Thanks for liking me, even though I don't. <laughs> you gotta like yourself. Oh, do you? Or I'll fucking beat you up. Oh, fuck. I mean, I I hate myself. Not sexually. I'm not oh, going to beat on. your dick up. Come on. Just spank my bu- my behind. <laughs> your virgin butt? Yeah. <laughs> spank my behind with your foot. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on, I think. Uh, full dis- uh, I started listening to your podcast before... Uh, because I wanted more of Mr. Henderson's wit and wisdom in life. Again, this is strange. I can't take compliments. Everybody but, loves Josh. But then I discovered two other things that I needed. Mr. Pennington's buttery southern vocals and motherfucking Star Trek. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I didn't even notice your accent, Jeff. Um, I don't either. So it's really strange. I hear it if I concentrate on it, but yeah. I honestly, I don't... I don't remember not, until somebody points it out, and then I get a yeah. little self-conscious for a minute, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I've had it my whole life. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I I always think I sound like uh, Rest in Peace Gilbert Gottfried, like, but slightly less insane. I, so don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think there's... Maybe... 
when you're trying to sound like Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> yeah, I talk like this very often. Okay, that was not bad, actually. Yeah, thanks. I channeled his dead ghost body into my... <laughs> he would love that, actually. He would. He probably would. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I'm a huge nerd, but science fiction was never my thing. The only bit of Star Trek I had seen prior to starting TOS, much to my shame, was Into Darkness. Ooh. And I only went because I thought Benny Cumberbatch... Benny Cumbatch would be a uh, good not con con. Benny Cumbatch. Damn, you were you were <laughs> mistaken about that though. I yeah, he was you. quite bad. Yeah, he he was terrible. I, that movie is. I actually like Benny Cumbatch. Yeah, me too. And I still do not like him in that movie. <laughs> no, he's great as Doctor Strange. He rules. Um, yeah, he's good as Doctor Strange. I liked him as Sherlock. Sherlock. Yep. Uh, yep. He was in like the Impossible Machine. Oh, he did that movie where he was, um, what's his name, Alan Turing. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is that what it's called? I think it's called that. I don't know. I, it was good though. We can. We have technology. Let me see. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll continue reading. Uh, I started watching Star Trek because the passion that you two have for the Imitation man- Game. You knew it was going to happen. Why'd you start talking? <laughs> I just love how you were calling it the imagination machine. No, it, the impossible machine. That was the, the name of the... Machine. That's the name of the fucking uh, algorithm he created. Oh, the ENIAC or whatever. No. Pre-ENIAC, ENIAC. <laughs> just read the email. Brainiac. That's what Krypton blows Brainiac from Superman. Alan yeah. Turing made him. I started watching Star Trek because of the passion that you two have for this mega series, even when it's at the bottom of the barrel, patented JJ pit of mediocrity, uh, came through so loud and clear and really hit me square in the heart. You sold me. So I threw in on TOS, on a totally legal streaming service, and was hooked for, for the from the very first frame. <laughs> 123watchmovies.com yeah. is totally legal in my book. I mean, it's legal here. Uh, it's legal if you have a VPN. <laughs> Yo, I, I can't believe that our geeking out on this podcast sold somebody so so heartfully on oh, Star Trek. I'm glad it did. Even when you're getting through Jeff's southern accent and my Gilbert Gottfried scraping <laughs> nail claw voice. <laughs> you have a good voice. I don't think so. You, you're on multiple podcasts that have a lot of fans, so Ugh. you have to be doing something correct. Why are they listening to me? <laughs> I wonder that about me all the time, but then I'm like, oh yeah, Josh is on there. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> uh, the acting, for the most part, was superb. The writing is inventive and philosophical. The special effects and sets, despite being dated, are charming. The stories are engrossing and, and affecting. I haven't loved a show this much since the utter perfection of Breaking Bad graced the airwaves, and I'm only on episode 20 of TOS. As of this email, as of this email. Yeah. Wow. You, like, TOS is excellent, and I love it, but, like, you have so much good Star Trek ahead of you. It's insane how much good I'm jealous. Shit. I'm, I wish I could delete my mind and start over and watch it again, you know? Yeah, I feel that way, too, sometimes. That would like, be cool. Man, like... It's, it's gonna get so good, and I mean, it's yeah. already great, so... Yep. With the exception of Shore Leave, what, you didn't like the fucking... The, the bunny? You bunny like bunny rabbits? rabbits? Yeah. I have, said to my, I have said to myself out loud, how can this be, how can it be this fucking good? 
at the end of almost every episode I've seen so far. Uh, favorites thus far include Balance of Taylor, Fuck t- uh, yeah. Terror, Conscience of the King, yep, Dagger of the Mind, Court Martial, and The Menagerie. Hell yeah, we did. And those some are of those. all great episodes. I keep thinking we've done Conscience of the King because we've talked about it several times. Yeah, I feel like we also did, but I don't think we have. But it's it's the only other episode that has Riley in it. <laughs> And we talked about that a lot during the Naked Now or Naked when Time. Riley is singing his fucking shanties and the yeah. uh, engineering. Conscious of the King is great because, like, it's all it's entirely about not taking revenge. Yeah, about yeah. like revenge not solving anything. Eye for an eye makes the world go blind. Dude, it's fucking. Pouring out. Oh no, we better hurry. <laughs> dude, it's like a fucking monsoon, dude. <laughs> it's just it's just gotten really dark here now. Oh, it's coming for you, buddy. Coming for my virgin butt. You're next. Spread eagle outside. Spread them cheeks. Alright. <laughs> I legit cannot wait to see what else the wide world of Star Trek has to offer me. Thank you so much, truly. Now then, I have two questions for you. Do you think Quentin Tarantino could have made a good one-shot Star Trek movie if he had been given the chance? No. Um, I'm gonna have to agree. Like, I don't... I don't... I could not imagine Quentin Tarantino is the type of person to get what Star Trek is about, really, at its core. He might, but he doesn't make movies like that. Like, he just doesn't. No, he doesn't. I mean, even when he's branched out and done, like, movies of, like, different types that aren't just like quentin tarantino-y like a like a jackie brown yeah jackie brown right yeah but like it's still pretty obviously a tarantino movie yeah and like that just does not mesh with star trek yeah uh i mean maybe the conversations they'd have would be interesting but they would be talking a lot about pop culture that happened yeah 300 years ago (laughs) Well, so we'd have to have Tom Paris in it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's already a no from me. Okay, okay, so Tom Paris, you see, okay, he's he's back home for Voyager. All right, Why are all you right, so good right. at this fucking voice? <laughs> okay, because it's my real voice. <laughs> all right, well, you're off the podcast. <laughs> uh, next question, and since you have, uh, and since you two have been, have seen, and since you two have seen both of the best. And the worst uh, that Star Trek has to offer, and you both, and you are both creatives. Would you ever consider writing a spec script for an episode or movie, whether serious or comedic, and read it on the podcast? Uh, would you set it to one of the established series, or would you invent your own? No, because we have uh, Rich Masters on the show. That's sort of the problem, right? Like if we if we wanted to do a, a script, yeah. that would be like two monkeys. Picking yeah. up a paintbrush next to Rembrandt. Yeah, I don't think I would... Maybe, like, a, a Lower Decks episode, for sure, we could do. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, like, I, we've talked about it very briefly, but, like, floated the idea of doing, like, a little comic where we, yeah. like, co-write it and I draw it. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was a... Um, Tandar and Saris joint from <laughs> Trek Kings, Di- uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Dire- oh my god, uh, that might fit. I don't know, <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, yeah, but ever since Rich was on the show, that idea has not happened. <laughs> no, I don't think we've even like 
thought of it. it I no. don't think it ever even came to me to try and do that. It sounds fun, but man, I don't know if I'd want to put it on a show with Rich Masters shit. I know, it's too good. It, dude, it's too good. It's like going like to like a talent show and like, I don't know, some really crazy good band is up first and you're like, well, fuck, I'm done. we're done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we're... Uh, <laughs> we're going out there to reenact our favorite episode of Bronk and <laughs> fucking journey themselves are on stage first. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, oh my god. Thanks. Thank you again, guys. Live long and shirt it. Julian. So if this email is too long, feel free to artfully cut in and out. No, it was we didn't size. do any of that. Um, it's perfect. You're perfect. You're a perfect person. Um, You're a perfect boy. Or girl. I don't know. <laughs> I would love... Or non-binary. Yeah. Um, I would I love to... Uh, at some point, do something else with Josh. Maybe fuck. But also like, make something. When are we starting our OnlyFans? I don't know. We do live like an hour and a half away from each other. If we wanted to record ourselves fucking, it wouldn't be that difficult. No, it wouldn't. And the phones exist, so that's that takes care of that. What? <laughs> I meant for like cameras. Oh, I thought you meant like we would fuck on the phone. I was like, okay, we could do that too. Why would anyone want to pay money for that? I don't know. People love phone sex. I don't know. Thanks for the email, Julian. <laughs> Our next email. I'm gonna be doing the next two. You'll figure yeah, out why you. fast. Our next email is from David S. <laughs> and it's long. Uh-huh. Also, I don't know if you know this, David. Um, you sent this from your work email, and it has the entirety of your like work email signature on it, including oh, the... Oh, we're going to totally spam your work The email fucking with... phone number, the fax, yeah. the address... I thought yeah, I thought gonna... these were the fucking coordinates for a second. I was like, Jesus... <laughs> Uh, the, you could not like have doxed fucking... yourself any harder than this. <laughs> it's like the fucking server that they use. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I assume this is the real David S. Because I really have no proof that yeah, it is. Yeah, we don't know. Um, it's entitled, David S. Email Yahoo Fucked Up. <laughs> Come honor. <laughs> Well, laugh at my joke about fucking you and call me Riker if it ain't the Trek boys. <laughs> boys, I just had one of the craziest weeks of my cowboy finger licking daddy so hung that your legs start kicking live. All right, That's it's really David, David S. S. This is David S. <laughs> yeah. You see, it all started when Captain Crisco asked for volunteers for a new pitmaster exchange program Starfleet was trying out. Now I handle a pit better than Jordy in the rain. Wow. <laughs> it took me a fucking second, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I reckon I weren't about to volunteer to play grill daddy at someone else's pool party, so to speak. <laughs> well, turns out everyone else stepped back and left me and my buddy Mike Metroid looking like we stepped forward, so we end up being assigned to what Crisco called the toughest, meanest, most double-dicked down in Dallas Klingon ship this side of Kronos. Damn. To get ready, 
I asked Worf and Mike to play a couple rounds of the new Spanglish Holosuite game, El Dang Ring. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Worf tells us about killing your captain and how Targs are like dogs sometimes, but also you eat them and to never yep. ever make your daddy jokes while we're all blasting weird little lights and standing in that dang ring. <laughs> oh, I get it now. El Dang Ring. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude! This is so. Funny. Why are we doing a podcast? I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, we was called up to ops as the Klingons made their approach. The ship decloaked, and the captains greeted each other on the view screen. After Crisco's calm intro, the voice of the Klingon captain rang out. I am Captain Phil, son of Banks of the IKS Bel Air. We're back here now, huh? <laughs> oh, God, it always comes back here. Not much in the way of formality with these bidongs, so we got her <laughs> transported straight out of the ops to the Bel Air. I can't believe the Bel Air is back. It's, it's so wild, <laughs> the fucking weaving webs that are emailers. It's like a goddamn soap opera, man. <laughs> Turns out the Bel Air has a pretty diverse crew, just like DD9. I mean, there was even a Ferengi there. To assert our dominance, Mike and I kept doing that thing where you walk past someone and bump their shoulders with uh, yours real hard, but keep walking. You guys are fucking high school bullies. <laughs> After Captain Phil lets us know that as long as we're sleeping in his hole, we gotta follow his rules. Yeah. I guess there's not much to do on Klingon ships, so we head to the ship's picnic, PIQ. Colon, apostrophe. Apostrophe N-I-Q. It's Klingon picnic. Picnic table chamber to find a worm to nibble on. Nice. That's when we met Wihil, son of Smith, and Carlton, the Ferengi. <laughs> they started questioning our pit mastery and challenged us to a weird double arm wrestling. Oh, fuck. Carlton demanded a wager and we bet our blood wine rations. A crowd started to form all whiles we was getting slammed hard till dry. <laughs> oh my god. Now while they was drinking our lost blood wine, Mike grambled that if this were El Dang Ring, they'd have a lot less smile about. While Wahil and Carlton started to look nervous, another Klingon brung out some spears and a big hoop. Oh shit, not this crap. Who knew a couple of Federation half-leths? <laughs> Damn. Who knew a couple of Federation half-lifts would know how to play Kavak and and give the Elden Ring a toss? Oh my god. Vivian of House Banks <laughs> stepped into the chamber and commanded Wihil and Carlton to honor their ship by showing us how easy throwing a spear through an Elden Ring is. <laughs> I suppose this riled up Wihil and he bet Phil's new Cod heel, Cadillac, Cadillac, <laughs> on the game. Mike got the first throw and took out a com panel on the wall. He threw that spear so hard. <laughs> Spark panel. The rounds kept going, and it turns out Mike and I toss rods better in a Klingon gigolo. <laughs> oh my god! To get to their great shame, Wahil and Carlton lost the Cadillac, and the whole crew went targ wild. <laughs> The Bel Air is basically just drifting about in space while the whole crew in the Ford food court or whatever 
I said it was. <laughs> in the whole food court or whatever, I said it was. And Cat Field bursts in looking angrier and a Klingon who just got asked about his old dad. <laughs> just when you think things couldn't get wackier, Jazzy Jeff, but spelled with Q's because he's a Q, wipes oh in and looks at you, the listener, and says, This email's been all over the place, so let's just skip to the cool part. <laughs> Alright, I have a new favorite emails character. Yeah. 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 So Captain Fields devil sticking the spear with his two dongers, <laughs> looking like a TRGW JROTC rifle twirler. <laughs> before launching the spear so fast through the Elden ring it shatters. Damn. So Phil managed to out hustle us hustlers, and after tossing Kugazy Kiff out the <laughs> airlock and threatening to kill us. We all laugh and drink a shitload of blood wine. <laughs> Boys, do you have any friends who started out as rivals or opponents? Remember any disagreements that pretty much got solved with drinking? A oh, big man. thanks for Metroid Mike for letting me use his characters, but also sorry for not workshopping it more with you because I wrote this at like noonday of... So, you know, forget about the BBQ and something else. Whatever, I'm at work. <laughs> Playing hoops with my pal Mike, David S. Oh my god. Uh, Mike Sadorf. I remember meeting him and being like, I could either hate this person or love this person. You chose, and I chose love. Well, I chose the love. Yeah. That's beautiful. It, do you ever have like a clear like, like reaction like that? Like he was pretty harmless, right? It wasn't like he was like a bully or anything like that, but. You know, I've met people who I originally thought were like super annoying, but I eventually like saw the person behind the traits and was like, "Oh, actually, they're cool." And like, they I'm didn't right annoy here. Me I'm right here, Jeff. You still annoy me. I don't. <laughs> Is it my voice? Is it this? It's me, Gilbert. I lost it. I lost it. Nah, already. that was still it. I mean, that was it. Oh, cool. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. It's me, Gilbert Godfrey. Um. <laughs> No, is my answer. <laughs> no, just no. I I'm I'm too easygoing as a person, and like when I meet somebody, I'm just like I'll forget their name five minutes later, and I'll remember that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and like pretty much the second time, like I hang out with somebody, like my brain will register their name and be like, well, that's a pal now, an acquaintance, and if it. Because I'm just a nice guy. If I don't like somebody, I rarely give them the second chance. I, I won't. I just don't put up with shit. What a, <laughs> I just, I'm like, whatever. What a wiener. <laughs> I'll get time, man. I'll get time for that You're shit. You're never going to get to play Kavok and give the Elden Ring a toss. I've played plenty of the American college student version of Kavok in my life. Um, Beer pong. <laughs> I did just finish Elden Ring as well a couple days ago. Oh, man. You want to play Conan Exiles with me? Maybe. There's titties in it. I know you You can also have a big swanging donger in it. Yeah, you uh, want a big swanging donger? I already I, got one. Well, I Totally mean, real like... giant wiener. <laughs> ROTC. R- <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm trying to think, like, in high school, was that the case? Uh, Dude, every time I read a David S. email, I just wonder, like, why am I on a podcast? I know. He's so (laughs) fucking funny, dude. I guess he, like, we're all off the cuff, and he writes these ahead of time, but I gotta imagine this is all stream of consciousness. No, he's not, he's not, like, workshopping this shit. Yeah, he's just writing it. He's too funny. I know. I love it. It's so good. These last two emails make our podcast look like shit. Yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should quit. <laughs> um, oh, no, I don't think I've never had a rival yeah, or an either. opponent that wasn't like somebody I just met because we're playing them in little league. Or it's happened playing the other way. Where I thought I was cool with someone and then they turned out to be a fuckhead. That's happened. That's happened to me a lot. Where like I I thought I was friends with somebody and it turns out that they're actually like shithead. They're not friendly with me at all. Yeah. Fuck that. That's much less fun though. (laughs) Yeah. I never like Naruto beat the shit out of somebody and then they became my friend. You never Fajitaed somebody? I guess that would be Gokuing somebody. Yeah, you Gokued him. Yeah, sorry. Every that's the funny thing to think about that like I don't think a lot of people think too much about is that Goku does not have a friend that he didn't attack first. Yeah, they're all just like he beat them into being his friend. Yeah. Like and even Krillin? With, even with Bulma, like when oh, he first yeah. met her, he destroyed her car. <laughs> yeah, he destroys her car and he like she tells shoots her that him or... with a machine gun. <laughs> Doesn't he tell her like that she wears like nasty old panties or yeah. something? <laughs> He's like a he's like a weird little dickhead to her, but then they become yeah. friends. And yeah, like Krillin was like tried to get him killed several times so that Master Roshi would train him. <laughs> More like Killin. That's right, baby. Krillin's my favorite. You love Krillin. I he do. winds up with the hottest one. He does. I love a character that's like comic relief, but still like keeps fighting. Pretty good, yeah. Like he's um outclassed from literally the beginning of Dragon Ball Z until yeah. whatever's happening right now. And yeah, he, he winds sh- up on Namek and he's like trying his best, right? And yeah. It's, yeah. And he still shows up to every fight, even though he's like a million levels below everybody he else. He has those cool discs that he throws. It's true. If he hits you with that, it fucking murks you, regardless of your power level, so... Yeah, that shit cuts you in half, buddy. <laughs> um, except in filler... In, like, anime filler, it doesn't kill you if it hits you. Oh, he's he's pulling his punches, pulling his discs. I don't know, like, if you hit somebody with a sword, it cuts them. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, I'm sorry that I don't have any rivals to lover stories for you. <laughs> Although, uh, I think Crystal doesn't like it when I tell this story. When we first met, like, my roommate had invited Crystal, uh, Crystal's friend, Brittany, and, uh... It's Brittany, bitch! (laughs) ...over to play Apples to Apples. Yeah, I remember that game. And we played in the dorm, uh, like, living room, and, um, Crystal, like, uh, did not like me at all. When we first met, she thought I was an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I was... I never uh, thought that. I um I just always love that. I guess we're enemies to lovers. That's, Although she she like started thinking I was all right like literally the next time she hung out with me. So. That's weird. 
I just came off like her? a prick the first time. What changed? What happened? Uh, I stopped being... I was less pricky the second time. Oh, okay. I think it came off that, like, maybe I was being, like, uh pointed in my jokes the first time and then the second time she realized that that's just kind of the way I am. Oh yeah, you're not yeah. I think I, that I don't happens. mean anything by it. I'm not like being mean. Yeah, you didn't let any like spacism fly or anything. No. I thought okay, that's cool. I was like, I don't know about these spoon heads coming to our planet. <sighs> wow. <laughs> she was like, Wow, what a fucking spacist. Wow, that guy's fucking I'm not marrying him. She's like, I'm a quarter spoonhead. I mean, Cardassian. <laughs> she is, and she's not a quarter spoonhead. <laughs> I like how you clarify. <laughs> Just so people Case. don't think that she's Case, yeah. she's a quarter fictional space creature. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, thanks uh. for that email, Matroid Mike. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're killing me today, man. I'm kidding. Thanks for the email, David. That's fucking funny. Um, if anybody wants D- David S.'s work address and phone number and shit, hit me up. <laughs> we could hold him hostage. Uh, our ne- if you thought that email was making us look bad, our next email yeah. is from Rich Masters. And he has it set on grandpa font size. <laughs> Dude, it's like I'm reading my girlfriend's phone. This She's is like, massive, this dog. This is fucking... <laughs> This is like 40 point font. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah this is large. <laughs> Fuck, I have to scroll to get from one sentence to the next. Thunder is happening, man. This is wild, bud. It's uh, entitled Int Season 5, Episode 5. Yay! Trekkie Bees, it's me, Rich. Cardi B. The one from this email address. Oh, I know the one now. Surprise, I've got another email this week. What could it be? Promises of riches from a Nigerian prince? I hope so. Messages about your car's extended warranty? Oh, no. Penis enlargement pills? (laughs) Who needs those, right? Not us, baby. (laughs) No, it's something much better. Also, it is promises of riches. <laughs> God damn, you were one second away from fully being Ed McMahon just then. <laughs> <laughs> correct, Ooh, sir. You are you correct, are right, sir. Enterprise has arrived at the remains of a dilithium rich planet that seems to have suffered an implosive event and collapsed. Foreshadowing. So Paul is fascinated by the event and wants to study it further, despite the large boulders of crystal and resulting planetary gravity well. Hmm. I've noticed that your curious nature has increased over the last few years, Archer teases. How human of you. <laughs> Captain, to Paul replies deadpan, there's no need to be insulting. <laughs> yeah. Archer smiles and gives the order to head into the planetary field. <laughs> Travis rests his barbell on the rack. He turns oh to Galora. So, how much, he asks. The operation chief eyes up the weight. Still about 40 pounds shy, Mayweather. She grins, picking up the barbell and curling it to prove a point. Dude, what a fucking beast! He's slightly put out until she tells him not to worry that Tellarites have denser musculature. A relieved Travis leaves for the bridge. From They're like a near- bear pigs. From a, ne- <laughs> Fuck. From a nearby rowing machine, Hoshi tells Galora that she knows what she just told Travis is nonsense and that humans are just as strong as Tellarites. 
Sometimes the men need their egos smooth, so long as they know who the real leaders are at the end. (laughs) I love Galora. The two laugh, and Galora asks Hoshi if she'd like to grab dinner in the mess hall later. Hoshi accepts. (gasps) Romance? Oh, I I hope Hoshi gets to eat some pork rinds tonight. (laughs) Archer calls Travis into his ready room and asks him to sit. Travis is nervy, as he always is around his CO, his respect for the man clear. Archer tells him to relax, but says he has something he wants to discuss with him. He explains that he's well-liked, loved even, by the rest of the crew, even Shran. But there is a concern, mainly from Archer himself, about how Travis's leadership and strategic thinking need to improve if he's going to be promoted to lieutenant like Hoshi has. Damn, Travis, you gotta step up your game. You're like a nobody. Travis, why do you suck so bad? Damn, what are you, Garrett Wang? Oh, God. <laughs> Just go straight for Garrett Wang, not even Poor instant Garrett. camp. <laughs> I, I, shared a, I shared a couch with him once. Poor Garrett. Travis explains it's difficult. He's trying to be a little more vocal, but there are a lot of personalities with a lot of experience. At times, he feels like just a pilot. Even when he was on tactical team, he played second fiddle to Reed, or now Shran. There's just not many chances to shine, Captain, he says. It's part of the struggle, trying to stand out in the chain of command. Sometimes you have to look for the opportunity to push your advantage, says Archer. When the time comes to take your shot, you'll know. And I know you'll do whatever's right to help the people in this crew. Their meeting is cut short by a lurching of the ship and red alert sounds. It's probably because Mayweather wasn't flying and they hit a fucking, like, (laughs) tree or something. The seat is just empty, like, spinning slowly. (laughs) (laughs) Title, Penrose Hmm. Enterprise is ambushed by a Romulan vessel Typically not responding to hails Enterprise takes heavy damage And loses impulse speed and aft torpedo launchers Traveling by inertia alone Travis activates the grappling beam And shuts off all engines Hooking one of the large pieces of planetary debris Spinning the ship around Until Enterprise is facing the Romulan vessel Nice. Shran unloads the forward-facing torpedo launchers at the unsuspecting Romulans, disabling the ship instantly. Way to go, Shran. Archer gives the orders to tractor beam the ship back to friendly space. Be careful, he orders. The Romulans have a nasty habit of, on cue... Throwing mines at you. The Romulan vessel initiates a self-destruct. Its singularity-powered engine causing a gravity-warping effect throughout the nearby planetary debris. Oh my god. Archer gives the order to leave the field, telling T'Pol that their curiosity could wait until next time. Just as the ship is about to push off, they receive an automated distress call from another NX ship in the planetary field. It's going to be them. They're in danger. It's going to be them. I got to give Rich props. Uh, I would not be touching Romulans as heavy, heavily as he is. I, like because, physically? Like, uh, well, they're gross, but I don't mean physically. <laughs> I mean, like, I wouldn't be writing them as much because, like, no one sees what a Romulan looks like until TOS. So you have to write around that the whole time. Here's the thing about my boy Rich. He ain't afraid of nothing. Rich he's gonna do it right. Rich ain't ever scurred. He's not gonna... That's why they exploded their ship, so that that got away with it. Hoshi goes over the sensor readings again. It's a Starfleet vessel, all right. Emergency automated beacons check out. Looks like they've been caught in the center of the planetary gravity well. I'm inside of a planetary gravity well right now. The ship is in danger of being crushed. Because you're in space? Because a big-ass thunderstorm is rolling through. 
the sun came back out here. I don't know. Well, we don't have that here, so. You don't got the sun? No. Archer asks which ship it is. The Columbia? The Challenger? Hoshi says the ship is too far into the well to get a visual, and their signal is too distorted by the same forces for comms to work. Even an automated distress call was text only, with large parts of the message lost to distortion. Hmm. As the team hustle for a solution, Trip advises they can't go any further towards the gravity well without falling into the same trap that the other NX vessel finds itself in. Shran suggests they send in a shuttle, and Travis explains that's even worse. Before realizing that with a few modifications, the shuttle might be small enough to dodge some of the gravitational forces, so long as he pilots it. To Paul, hmm. Travis, and Trip are instructed to get to work on the shuttle modifications. Pulling Archer aside, Mayweather asks if he can lead the mission. Archer admits his first reaction is to say no, but for some reason he thinks it'll be good for Travis and agrees. Get Travis in the show. Ensign Mayweather is leading the thing? If I was, mm. I bet Shran's not going to like that. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Later, Hoshi enters the mess hall for her dinner with Galora, and her, quark, her quick, heart quickly drops to the bottom of her stomach. There are candles, mm -hmm. mood lighting. The mess is empty. Galora has set up a romantic dinner rather than a dinner between friends she expected. Hoshi, come sit down, Galora smiles as she notices her. Ch chef picked out some of your favorites. <laughs> Hoshi is clearly uncomfortable and hovers at the table. I didn't know this was going to be this uh, intimate. Oh, Galora snorts before smirking again. Tellerites are pretty direct. I assumed you realized I was into you, especially with all the time we've been spending together. Hoshi is taken aback. I thought you were just trying to make friends. Galora <laughs> <had> bed friends. <laughs> Galora tells the lieutenant she'd already decided they'd be friends after day one. Hoshi smiles. <laughs> That's really nice to hear. I guess I'm not as quick with my emotions as a Tellerite. Also, I've never... Uh, I mean, I've always... With men. Yeah, she means fucking. Galora's disappointed. Look, Hoshi, same here. I just like you. Life is pretty short, especially for those that live on starships. I made a connection with you and just thought it was worth a shot. Yeah. Hoshi goes to apologize, but Galora is having none of it. Don't be silly, Sato. You gotta take your shots with the people that make you happy, you know. Skin is skin, but love is love. An embarrassed Hoshi leaves, feeling horrible about her reaction. Wow, Hoshi, you fucked it up. Wow, Hoshi, you could have had a great relationship with the strongest person on the ship. <laughs> The shuttle crew, Shran, T'Pol, Galora, and Mayweather disembark and ride the gravitational distortions down to the NX ship. The ship is badly damaged, both nacelles missing, carbon scoring along its warped hull plating. It's almost unrecognizable. Hmm. Travis orders him to get ready, that he's going to enter geosynchronous spinning motion to dock with them. It might get choppy. Shran makes comments about having to take orders from an ensign. Nice. But Galora throws a space helmet at him and says with an attitude like that, it's no wonder he didn't get a new command. <laughs> You'd miss my scintillating wit anyway, Shran snipes. <laughs> Believe me, Commander, T'Pol doesn't even look up from her work. If you ever displayed any, we may miss its absence eventually. <laughs> oh, fucking roasted. <laughs> That's a plasma burn, baby. Travis gives the order to suit up and prepare for docking, taking his mission incredibly seriously. Of course. The ship spins into view, and the hull plating bears the registration and name for the Enterprise. Told you. Everyone looks at T'Pol, but she doesn't have an answer. This is impossible. Clearly not. The docking clamps... Don't talk to T'Pol like that. The docking <laughs> clamps hiss as they release, and the crew steps out of their shuttle. 
A disheveled Trip, Hoshi, Flox, and Mayweather are there to greet our team at the airlock, phase rifles in hand. Whoa. They look like they've been through the ringer. Cuts and bruises line their faces. Hoshi's arm is in a field dressing, her face burned, and she looks at Galora with a lot of affection. Behind them, crew rush to save a ship that is clearly beyond saving. As soon as Trip sees T'Pol, he wraps her in an embrace before realizing she isn't returning the favor. He retreats, slightly ashamed of himself. We thought we thought you were our guys coming back to us. Where's the oh, captain? Man. Clearly not here. Why, were you expecting him? Asked T'Pol. Our Travis asks what's going on before Flock says he thinks this conversation should recommence in the mess hall. The main bridge has been uninhabitable for hours due to the buckling in the hull. Great. How are we going to fly? We fucking aren't. Damn. The two sets of bridge crew sit on either sides of the table, gravely weighing up the other. The disheveled, the disheveled Travis eyes up our Travis with anger. Who are you? Galora asks, annoyed by the silence. <laughs> Hoshi looks around and is about to speak when Trip interrupts. Our ship, our questions first. Where's the captain? Mind your own business, you, Shran starts. <laughs> the captain, T'Pol interrupts, stayed with the ship. He gave Travis command of this mission. That's impossible, Hoshi is visibly upset. That means that Captain Archer, Trip shushes her. But Flox is annoyed by the subterfuge and tells Commander Tucker that they need to trust each other. Reluctantly, Trip nods. Flox explains that their Enterprise destroyed a Romulan warbird in this dilithium-rich collapsed planet, and when they left, they received a distress call from an NX vessel. Their archer, Galora, Shran, and T'Pol went over to the ship, but never came back. Tucker ordered the ship into the gravity well after them, but the in-distressed ship was destroyed, taking the away team with it. Mm. They then realized the Romulan vessel's explosion created two opposing gravimetrical forces that encouraged the planetary well to increase its draw. Now they're stuck with no way free. T'Pol nods. What was the exact course of events? If your archer left, but our Travis led the mission instead, this could be some timeline deviation we could correct. <laughs> What'd you giggle at that for? Because <laughs> she doesn't believe in time travel. Oh, okay. Or maybe she does because she went to Detroit in 2004. That'll change anybody. That'll change everyone's <laughs> point of view on everything. <laughs> that changes a <them>, man. <laughs> Hoshi explains that they spent a week trying to help the ship before realizing they could alter the shuttle's shield harmonics and use it as a rescue vehicle. What prompted that change of tact, asked Galora. I did, explains the disheveled Travis. I had an idea at the briefing, but buried it. I only brought it up a week later. Maybe if I'd been quicker. Mm -hmm. Our away team look at our Travis, who reassures his doppelganger that he spoke up at the meeting, and they're still in the same trap. T'Pol cuts through the emotion. <clears throat> Commander Tucker, I need to see the readings you've taken. You have a week of data we could use. We either restore whatever temporal anomaly we're in, or we save this crew. Galore is working on some spot repairs to the ship with Trip, and they talk about how weird it is that they're from different timelines. Galora <laughs> asks if he knows the Lesepian lottery numbers, and Trip laughs. Nice to see you haven't changed in an alternate timeline. I'm a universal constant, Tucker, Galora snorts, hitting him on the back. <laughs> a clearing of Hoshi's throat ends their fun, and Galora descends the engineering ladder to talk with her. Hoshi hugs Galora and apologizes for bailing on dinner. We got bigger croats to chase today, Hoshi. 
I made a Tellarite idiom up. This isn't a British thing. Okay, that's good. Because <laughs> I was like, is that like a candy? <laughs> they got a lot of candies named Croats and like that. <laughs> it's boiled shrimp with chocolate. <laughs> oh, God. That's like what they would eat. As Galora's walking away, Hoshi shouts after her. I never got a chance to tell my Galora. She looked after me, nursed me back to health after I was injured during a gravimetric shift. She stayed by my bed for a week, and then when I woke up, she was gone. She was dead. Galora is annoyed by this thought of predetermination. I'm not dead. (laughs) I know. Hoshi puts her hand on Galora's shoulder. I just wanted to say I wish I'd... uh, Don't, Galora says, walking away. Uh Uh-oh. Trouble in paradise. Travis and Travis are looking at the shuttle, trying to make more modifications for it to make multiple runs to the other Enterprise and save the past crew if the timeline restoration doesn't work. And disheveled Travis remarks how similar their work was. What's the difference? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) You got him. Fuck you, Travis. Clearly the two are uncomfortable with the situation. Our Travis explains he is his own worst critic, so he finds this all difficult. Disheveled Travis agrees and asks what he thinks the away team will do. Try and save your crew, he says. What else could we do? And if you can't, Disheveled Travis asks, what happens to us when you fly back to your ship? Or what happens to your crew if they stay here too long? Hmm. Why don't you fucking cry about it? (laughs) (laughs) T'Pol is trying to restore power to the sensors and Trip comes to join her. He's clearly distracted and explains he isn't particularly handling the situation very well. That him losing his to Paul is tough enough to come to terms with, let alone the rest of the crew. He feels like it's his fault. Clearly uncomfortable taking talk. Clearly uncomfortable talking. Rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way to make one typo, you ass. God damn. Clearly uncomfortable. Too many Talking about a displaced version of herself, T'Pol explains that they shouldn't jump to conclusions. That the likelihood is they'll be able to correct whatever temporal issue it is and restore them to one timeline. As her results come through, she quickly deletes the notification and tells Trip she needs to continue the testing. She leaves, saying she'll be back in an hour. Mm-hmm. T'Pol closes a hatch on one of the t- catwalk junctions, where Shran, Galora, and Travis are already waiting. Your reconnaissance was fruitful? Shran has checked all the weapons locker and done a full tactical analysis of the ship. All crew are equipped for conflict, but the ship is in no condition to do much of anything, let alone fight. Galora backs him up. The ship will collapse under the gravimetric pressures in approximately 30 hours. Travis admits there could be ways to modify the shuttle, but 30 hours isn't enough time. It doesn't matter. We have to leave, T'Pol explains to the team's horror. We are not on an alternate timeline. We're at the emergence of some sort of temporal causality spiral. If we do not go back to our ship and fix this, we will likely succumb to the same fate. Yeah. She explains that her scans have shown time has become fractured, spiraling down between two opposing gravimetric forces, the exploded Romulan Singularity Core and the planetary collapse. The Enterprise they are from will no doubt follow them into the causality spiral if not warned and will be destroyed. This crew on this ship must die in order for them and hundreds of other Enterprises coming after them to not fall into this trap. They, they agree to set up a comms beacon here and then leave, delivering the news when they're back on Enterprise. Galora is appalled, 
but Shran says knowing their doomed status will make them vulnerable. Travis doesn't feel good about it, but gives the order to leave in 30 minutes. Fuck, that's yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, 30 minutes, 30 hours. That's not even slightly close. No, it's close. <laughs> too close for me. Too close for comfort. That's right. It's a little too rough. <laughs> Trip, Hoshi, and Flocks go to see R. Travis as he makes the final modifications to the shuttle to enable the way team to get back to their Enterprise. Well, Trip asks, they mean to leave us to die, Commander, Travis says, revealing himself as the disheveled Travis. Maybe I should have given him some fake sideburns he could pull off, question yeah, mark. Yeah, or a mustache. Trip tells him this can't happen and they have to force Enterprise to help their failing ship. He knows Captain Archer won't let them down. They keep the other Travis in sick bay, and Travis tells and Trip tells his Travis to join the away team and stop them leaving, no matter what. Damn. The shuttle embarks back to Enterprise. This I don't like this. Back aboard the ship we started on. Although, what iteration was it? Oh my God. <laughs> Travis briefs Archer and the crew. Archer says they have to stay and attempt to help these people until the last possible moment. I disagree. These people were doomed to die, and if we do not divert all efforts efforts to escaping, we will too, to Paul states. But Jonathan Archer disagrees and tells her to give the data to Trip and find a solution if they can. They look hopeless, but agree it's the right thing to do. Evil Travis seems surprised. He, Travis. He went from other Travis to evil Travis? Yeah, well, he's doing evil. He is doing some evil shit. He's doing some sneaky evil shit. But... He heads to the environmental controls and it activates and attaches a device to the pumps just to be sure. Hmm. He can't take the risk that something might go wrong and his crew be killed. Though there is conflict within him, these people are his crew in a sense. Travis, you're an idiot. Hoshi tries to catch up with Galora, but she's incredibly busy. I just wanted to try and explain, Hoshi begins. I don't need you to coddle my feelings or explain what you missed out on, Hoshi, Galora shouts. <laughs> I had enough of this missed opportunity speech from the other you. She leaves Sato with no explanation, leaving l- the lieutenant to head back to her quarters. Still confused, she patches a comms line to the other ship and the other Hoshi. Alternate Hoshi appears on the screen. I'm so glad you called. I have something important to tell you. Oh, God, what is it? Red alert sounds and bridge crew arrive at their stations. The gravimetric forces have increased and the Enterprise must leave or find themselves further in the trap. Travis refuses to comply, saying it is inhumane to the people on the other ship. In turn, Archer explains he can't let two crews die. Travis strongly protests but is removed from the bridge and sent to quarters under armed guard. Archer hails the gradually collapsing Enterprise and tells Tripp that he's sorry he wasn't able to save them. Tripp is devastated, but says it's good to see his face again. And not to worry, some miracle might yet happen. <laughs> the comms break up as the second Enterprise slips further into the gravity well. Our the Enterprise is going to be Travis, real Travis. Uh, you think so? Yeah. Our Enterprise sets a course out of the field, but the ship becomes stuck in the gravimetric eddies. Suddenly, Hoshi bursts onto the bridge, needing to speak to Archer. God damn it, Hoshi. Fucking spit it out! Travis subdues his escort, rushes to environmental, grabs a breathing mask, and activates his anesthesine gas. As Did he, he put w- a gas trap on? As he walks to the bridge, the crew are gradually put to sleep. Oh my god. When he arrives on the bridge, everyone there is unconscious too. 
As he pushes the sleeping helmsman aside, he sets a course further into the well and goes to activate the automated distress signal to draw another Enterprise in. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm yawning because I'm reading so fucking much. Also, I slept for three hours. You're not breathing. Before he can activate it, Archer and Sato emerge from his office, also wearing breathing masks. Nice. What are you doing, Travis? Archer demands. I'm not your Travis, sir. I know, Archer nods. Travis is shocked until Archer tells him that Travis's Enterprise's Hoshi let them in on the secret mission. (laughs) Archer looks at Travis. If you set that distress call... You doomed three ships, Travis. What? Travis fights back tears, torn between loyalties. You don't know that. Because they're, they're bringing in another Enterprise with the distress signal. Oh, right. Hoshi puts a hand to his shoulder. Look. Hoshi brings the readings from the main sensors up on the main view screen. At the bottom of the well sits his ship. In the middle, the ship they're on. And at the top, a new Enterprise. Fuck. An Enterprise that just destroyed the Romulan ship, their past self. I'm so sorry. I'm not bleeping any of this. Well, it'd be weird to bleep it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bleeping it. You, my archer, told me before we got in here a week ago that I'd know when it was time to take my shot, Travis sobs, and that you'd do what was right to save your crew. That includes those people up there, Archer finishes. Travis takes his hands from the controls. And Archer tells Hoshi to prepare a transmission probe. Oh, no. On the past Enterprise that was just finished destroying the Romulan Warbird, Captain Archer gives the command to leave the planetary field, telling T'Pol her curiosity can wait until next time. Just as the ship is about to push off, they receive a signal. This is hell! Jonathan Archer sits in his office and calls Travis in. Sit down, Ensign, he says. I have something to tell you. Hmm. Archer explains he receives this set of quickly recorded logs from another Archer, Hoshi, and Travis. The log contains details of two doomed Enterprise vessels, of the Travis who led the mission and the Travis who saved their ship by admitting defeat and sacrificing themselves. Oh, he's going to promote him. Can't we save them, Travis says, prompting a sad smile from Archer. Archer shakes his head and pulls a box from his drawer. In it are his lieutenant's pips. Knowing what you are capable of is more important to me than knowing you have to prove it, Lieutenant. Travis accepts graciously before asking what the other logs said. The one from my counterpart asked Starfleet to commemorate the crews of the two doomed Enterprises, Archer smiles. And Hoshi's, well, that one was for Hoshi alone. Mm. A nervous Hoshi stands outside a door and pushes the chime. Beep, beep, boop, boop. Nice. Galora comes to the door. She's been asleep and looks even more disheveled than normal. She goes to. <laughs> How can you tell the difference? Oh, stop roasting the Enterprise crew! <laughs> she goes to speak, but Hoshi interrupts her. You were right, and I was wrong. You tried to do a wonderful thing for me, and I had a knee-jerk reaction because I was afraid. Hoshi admits, but someone recently told me that I need to be open to paths untrodden. So, dinner tomorrow. I'll have to ask you to slow down to my human speed, but I think I'd like to start again. Galora nods, baffled but happy. Hoshi walks back to her quarters, a smile on her face. Oh yeah. The end. Fuck yeah. That's lovely. That's a good one. I like that uh, he does get Garrett whacked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what version of Travis is this? 
<laughs> Good question. Well, this is the version from the third ship. So he never left his ship. Oh my god. This reminds me of an episode of Bronk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This is fucking... It, it, I love how you didn't try to over-explain the different versions of people and you just left me to figure it out. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. very funny and very good. Yeah, you could... In a visual format, you could do certain things, yeah. right? Just have, like, the other crew be disheveled and shit. Yeah. Which you did in the direction, but, like, I love this premise. This, like, ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. It's really cool. And the fact that it's, both ships had to sacrifice themselves for a third ship was a really nice twist that I enjoyed. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's cool. I'd like to point uh, out for the for the first time in uh, Josh history, mm-hmm. he predicted something and was wrong. Uh, what was I wrong about? You predicted that the trip that was on the ship was going to be the other trip from the other ship. I did. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, edit that out. Uh, you are the editor. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Leave this in so I sound like a madman, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff really went off his meds at the end of that wow, episode. Jeff was super wrong. Josh never said Please that. believe me. He said it. It happened. I'm activating my anesthesia gas trap. <laughs> oh. That's really why you are yawning. I it's true. <laughs> Uh, five episodes down, who knows how many to go. War is going to heat up real soon, boys. Hold on to your butts. The only good Romulan is a dead Romulan. Jesus Christ. You know? No. I can't wait till we get some propaganda cartoons where Daffy Duck is killing Romulans. All right, I'd be on board for that. (laughs) I knew that would win you over. I'd like to go on record and say that I don't share Josh's opinions on Romulans. You just said they were, they were ugly. I said that they... they uh, I didn't want to touch them because they were gross. It's different. It's so different. <laughs> what you said is worse. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe if they Head weren't so out. fucking gross. I mean, it's not my fault. <laughs> Take a fucking shower. Damn. So my website, boldlypros.com, which is a great nice. name I've always enjoyed. Uh-huh. Which will eventually hold all these stories, plus elongated version of select episodes, is now live. Check it out! It features art from Jeff Pennington and Axe Wizard, who does art for Tapon's Theater on Subspace, too. And on the Friends page, there's also a link to a few of you guys' projects, including M-Class's Patreon, Jeff's website, Vitizen, and a few other friends, which will grow in time, too. Oh, look at it. This is awesome. However, people will always be able to listen to these first right here and won't show up on the site until after email is released to the public. You don't have to do that, Jeff. I, I mean, I'm, Rich. I'm Jeff. <laughs> Come on. I hope everyone... Not Rich. <laughs> Dritch. <laughs> I, hope, I hope everyone who listens and enjoys these emails will go and take a look. That's boldlyprose.com. B-O-L-D-L-Y-P-R-O-S-E dot com. And for the love of God, comment on a story or two. Send these to your Trek actors. There's a great Kira episode you might want to send to non-a-visitor, nudge-nudge. Producers, writers, etc. Help me to get these seen if you like my work. It's the best way to get my work out there. 
Yeah, no, man. I love this. Back in two, maybe four weeks, with another peek in Admiral Valdor's war chest. Dude, Your that friend, a- Rich. That dude makes Admiral Bechayev look like Admiral Nicechayev. Damn. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go while chasing Amy on Galore. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You know what's funny? And I didn't think about this. I'm pretty sure you pointed it out when we first met Admiral Valdor. Is yeah. that there's a Valdor-type Romulan warbird. Yep. Yep. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't remember that, so I'm glad that Josh was here to point that out. Rich knows his uh, his tie-ins. He knows how to connect shit. I'm endlessly appreciative of the fact that you send these in to us. Don't feel like you're required to do anything for us, ever. Yeah. Our show is brought to a whole new level because of you. Otherwise, it would be bad. So thank when you. When you are on the show, though, Rich, later in the collection, you are going to have to uh, kiss me on the lips. It's part of the rider. You're going to have to kiss me on my butt lips. <laughs> also, all green M&M's in my bowl. <laughs> or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage that night. He didn't get us all green M&M's. <laughs> Wayne's World 2. Uh, that's a good movie. Um, yeah. Rich, thank you so fucking much for writing in. That was an amazing story. Yeah. And I I loved the little love story in it. I just love love. Even though I said earlier in this episode of the last one that I'm like an anti-shipper. It's Galentine's Day here at M-Class Emails. Galentine's. <laughs> it's Guillotine's <laughs> Day here at M-Class Email. Fuck yeah. Um... If you'd like to be a part of this podcast, then you can shoot us an email to mclassemail at gmail.com. Do that, and you'll be rich with stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's been a long day. Whatever the fuck that means. I'm just pumping up my boy Rich. I would pump Rich anytime. <laughs> Hot. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at M-Class Podcast. You can find all the information and links you need for our show at mclasspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And Josh, what else could they do to help the show? Go to, I, go to iTunes and Spotify and rate and review the show or wherever you listen to it if you can do that. It helps the podcast get seen. I'm not allowed to tell you what to write, but you write whatever you want. If you write a review, we will read it, even if it's mean. Yeah, we will roast the shit out of you for doing it, but uh, (laughs) we'll actually roast the shit out of you for a hundred episodes if you give us four stars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we had it coming. We did spoil The Witcher. It's true. (laughs) Sorry, we we spoiled The Bitcher for you. I'm kidding. That's a good showing game. Yeah. Um. What else is there? Become a patron today. Keep our show on the air at uh, yeah. patreon.com slash podcast For the month of June, which this will be out during, uh-huh. I think. I think so, too, yeah. We will, we're doing uh, the Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive again. You can find more information about that over on our Twitter, at podcast at this point, by the time this comes out, probably. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of the month of June, we will be uh, taking everything we make on Patreon above what we already make and donating it directly to the Trevor Project, a uh, help, a, a suicide prevention and helpline and resource center for LGBTQIA plus youth and especially teenagers. And uh, we've done this uh, two or three times now, and we want to make it like a continuous every year thing. Yeah, it's a good tradition. It's like probably the best thing we've ever been a part of. Absolutely. We're huge fans of helping out the Trevor Project and being a conduit for you guys uh, in order to do so. And around that time, we'll probably just have a link to directly donate to the Trevor Project as well. If you want to bypass us, you think we're... Highwaymen, you think we're here? We're, we're robber not. barons trying to you take your money. You can shake our hands like the Vikings do with the wrist handshake to check for knives. Yeah, we don't do that. Absolutely. I keep my knives in my butt. Ow! That's what that movie Knives Out is about. I think. <laughs> knives out of your butt. <laughs> pooping out, pooping out knives. I, yeah. That sounds horrific. It's me. a bad movie. <laughs> Knives Out's a good movie. I never saw it, man. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I recommend it, actually. It's yeah. It's like a real mystery. That's cool. That's like cool, but it's also really funny. Yeah. But it's it like funny. a really dark kind of funny. Jamie Lee Curtis and everybody on Earth is in it. Yeah. Although, like, if I had to pick, like, who's best in the movie, Daniel Craig is hilarious in that movie. I love Daniel Craig. He does this, like, fucking foghorn leghorn accent the whole movie. That's awesome. And it's so great. I'll say. Yeah, he doesn't do that, but he's like, uh, now when we look at the evidence before, before <laughs> us. Now, I'm just a country, backwoods country James Bond. Exactly. He's so... He has a line that I absolutely love, and he's like, it makes no damn sense. Wow, and four stars. He's like, movie. it makes no damn sense. It it intrigues me, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, anyway, I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> We're ending the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash podcast. Take part in the Trek Boy Pride Pledge Drive. There will be uh, little posters up about it on Twitter. You can find yeah. info on the Discord about it. Any of our like Discord folks would be happy to tell you how it works and where it, what we're doing and everything when you join up. Patreon.com slash podcast. And um, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Wow, so good. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back in a week with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye. It's been a long week since the last email. It's been a long time since that last rich master's tale. Pitch it or ditch it from Boston John. I need to catch my fix Of Jeff's table reads in a silly voice And Josh talking about dicks On M-Class email I swear there's never a pass in M-Class email It's always been singular that's M-Class 
Don't you settle for nothing less than it's back without fail. It's empath. It's empath. Empath